I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. I'm Jonathan Goldstein, and you're listening to Wiretap on CBC Radio 1. Today's episode, Know Your Strengths. Shanghai Palace. Can you hold? Hi there. Hi, how are you this evening? Fine, thanks. I have a reservation for two under Mark. Let me see here. Here you are. Take a seat anywhere you'd like. Okay. And I'll be with you shortly with some menus. Great, thanks. I am good at being on time for first dates. I'm good at not looking too uncomfortable while I wait. Hi, are you Mark? Oh, hi. Stephanie. I'm good at being fashionably late. No worries, not at all. I just got here myself. Here, let me get your chair for you. Oh, thanks. I'm good at showing I was raised right. I'm good at masking my disappointment when somebody doesn't live up to their online profile picture. Um, that dress looks great on you, by the way. I should have said that earlier. This little thing? I'm good thanks. at finding something green, nice to wear from the clearance rack. You call that a mossy green? Or... <laughs> I'm not sure, I guess. Yeah, I read that the Pantone I'm good at setting up like straight, but mm-hmm. like not too straight. Really? Yeah. And, and, and I'm good at making the best of things. Um, honeysuckle. Uh, but I think they should change it to Damas Green. <laughs> yeah. well, that's I'm good at putting people at ease with my warm smile. Like I'm good at overlooking crooked teeth. Excuse me? Excusez-moi? I'm good at taking yes. charge. We, we'd love to order some wine if we could. Sure. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not a real connoisseur or anything. How about the... I'm good at deciding on a wine within 10 seconds or less. Rosé. I'll be right back with that. Touché on the rosé. Oh, Oh, shoot, I'm sorry. I'm good at deciding he's not the one within 10 seconds or less. No, it's fine, it's not a big deal. I'm such a nervous wreck sometimes. Forget about it, it's fine. Okay, I just, I'm so sorry. bike up and down the main street just all day yeah shooting spitballs i'm good at painting vivid tableaus from my childhood i'm good at daydreaming when people talk about the past she had tinted windows and so it's like rolled down and then right wow i'm good at keeping my cuticles rounded yeah it's not fun are you ready to order oh uh i think so yeah. The chef's specialty tonight is the pork and coriander dumplings mm. are really I am good excellent. at appearing but open to the waitress's suggestions. Duck. That sounds nice. And then ordering the same thing I always get. I think I'm going to go with the Singapore noodles with an order of spring rolls to share. Or no, imperial rolls. Let's, uh, let's go with those. And for yourself? Steamed vegetables with ginger and a side of brown rice. I'm good at avoiding foods Great. that Let make me, me look like a slob. Menu. Thank you. So, 
Are you a uh, runner, Stephanie? Not so much. Yeah, I've been into running for a few years now. I, I am good at feeling awkward silences. I do uh, one marathon a year. So. Oh, yeah? This year I finished in just under four hours, which is a breakthrough for me. I'm good at knowing just how fast I can claim to have run a marathon without someone calling me on it. Really? It's not really competitive for me. I'm good at pretending I give a shit. That's quite an accomplishment. It's sort of a, a game you can play against yourself, you know, like... Daniel Craig is pretty sexy, I no guess. No way. Sean Connery, for sure. Hands down, the best Bond. I'm movie. good at winning Daniel arguments. Right, but okay, if you say so, I don't really know. I'm like good at making men think that they're smarter than me. Why, this wine is quite tasty. Shall I top you up, Stephanie? You seem quite fond of the drink. I'm good at impressions. <laughs> I'm good at laughing very loudly at things that aren't even remotely funny. Je ne sais quoi in these spring rolls, when you say? Sure, whatever you say, bub. I'm good at knowing when to call people bub. Did you know that a 13-year-old male lion will have slept for 11 years of his life? I'm good at working fun bits of trivia into conversation naturally. I'm good at pretending I didn't just hear that burp. I'm good at maintaining eye contact. I'm good at maintaining an air of mystery. Hmm. How was your weekend? Uh, it's good. Busy. You know, I went to a dinner party on Friday night and brunch on Saturday. I'm good at using television as a companion. So if you don't mind me asking, um, why is a woman like you still single? <laughs> I'm good at getting past superficial chit-chat. Guess you'd have asked my ex that. I'm good at remembering things I'd much rather forget. Dating a career girl. Anyways, let's talk about something else. Whoever he was, he, he made a mistake letting you go. <laughs> I'm good at giving compliments. I'm good at believing bullshit from men. How about another glass of wine then, Mesh? Tempting, but I better not. I'm working in the morning. I'm good at battling uh, my inner more. demons. Oh, okay, sure, what the hell, why not? I'm good at not following my own advice. I'm good at making sexy eyes. I'm good at resisting the urge to roll my eyes. Cheers. I love fortune cookies. I haven't had one of these in a long time. I never eat the cookie, but I like the fortunes. My mom used to collect them in her jewelry box when we were kids. Mine says, happiness follows wherever you go. Nice. Mine says, pride is a virtue, but not when blinded by stubbornness. Well, that's kind of a bummer. Yeah, here, let's trade. You can have mine instead. It's a better fit for you anyway. Oh, thank you. That's really sweet. See, now we've just traded fates. Did we? I guess we'll see about that. Oh, shoot, I'm sorry. Oh. It's fine. Oh, what a mess. I'm so sorry. I can. It's getting kind of late. I should probably head out soon. Sure. Let me just call the waiters. Yeah, over here. So, Steph, this has been really lovely. Could I uh, invite you over for a nightcap? 
Thanks for the offer, but I really do have to catch up on some work tonight. I'm good at making excuses. Maybe next week or something? Um, yeah, sure. Excellent. I'm good at getting a second date. Oh, but I don't actually have your number. The dating site only lists your email. Oh, right. It's, um, 514 I'm good at giving fake phone numbers. Cool, cool, awesome. <laughs> I will definitely give you a call really soon. I mean, not too soon, not like tomorrow or anything. <laughs> I'll call you in a few days. <laughs> I, I, I really look forward to, to seeing you again soon. Actually, Mark, that was my office number. Let me, let me give you my cell. It'll just be easier to get in touch. Oh, great, yeah. <laughs> That'll be better, for sure. Yeah, we can, we can text. <laughs> it's 514-942-2515. I am good at giving second chances. All right, I got it. Well, um, see you soon, Steph. See you, bub. I'm good at hoping things work out this time. My name is Liam. I'm 13 years old, and I'm good at dancing, but only when nobody's watching. My name is Maya. I'm 7 years old, and I am good at lifting my eyebrow. You mean you can lift one at a time? Yeah, I can do that. And when and when do you get to use that talent? When nobody's laughing and somebody needs a joke or something. That's when you just step in and you raise one of your eyebrows and you lighten the mood yeah, in the room? Yeah, but normally after that, I fart, <laughs> and that's what makes everybody laugh. My name is Bella. I'm 12 years old, and I am good at savoring things. You're good at savoring things? Yes. I have an Easter bunny in the freezer from last Easter. All I've eaten is the ears. My name is Daniel. I'm nine years old, and I'm good at Lord of the Rings impersonations. There's this guy who wants the ring, and he talks like this. My bitch. You're talking about Gollum? Yeah. Any other things that Gollum can say? Like what? Like, I don't know, like, uh, have Gollum in a, in a restaurant. I'll have a chicken with mashed potatoes. Okay, that's pretty good. Thanks. My name is Britton, and I'm 11 years old, and I am good at impersonating Jonathan Goldstein. You're good at impersonating me? Yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Let's hear what you got. Monday. 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 I, I don't know. I can't get that sad kind of weird... <laughs> weird kind of what? twist of sadness that you put in. My name is Nell. I'm nine years old, and I'm good at being annoying. And do you think that's a talent? Definitely. I'm good at putting... Play-Doh in my dad's shoes, just for the fun of it. Does your dad think it's fun? How, do, how does he react to that? Well, well, he gets mad. He sees it as a waste of time. What Do you have any other things that you do to be annoying? Oh, w- once I took all of the socks in my friend's mom's room, mm-hmm. and I put them in the shredding machine. 
No, you didn't. Because it was April 1st. <laughs> Can I ask you something? Do you think that adults are boring because they never do these kind of shenanigans with each other? They never try to pull pranks on one another? I think that they can be boring. And that, okay, no offense, but... <laughs> None taken. But it's just that adults just think that there's more things that are more important than having fun. Some sometime I don't I don't want to grow up. Cuz every adult gets preoccupied by work. They forget that having fun is well fun. You know? Think of your favorite one-hit wonder. Or that overpriced toy your parents would never let you have. Or that TV show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon. Now what if we could fix it? I'm Francesca Ramsey. And I'm DeLon Grant. And after 20 years of friendship, we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called Let Me Fix It. Each episode, we'll dig into our favorite celebrities, shows, and brands of yesteryear, and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today. Think of our show as an intervention, but with way less stakes. So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts. My name is Jonathan Goldstein. I'm 43 years old, and I'm good at not having any fun. In fact, at this very moment, I'm excelling at it, for I've just finished dinner at a restaurant with my family. And rather than having been a relaxing evening of catching up on each other's doings, the whole thing had the frantic atmosphere of an Arab market. Prices were argued over, dishes returned, and side orders renegotiated. We now await our complimentary dessert in silence as my mother calculates the bill in her head and my father wraps leftover rolls in paper placemats to take home. So many places to go for coffee in this neighborhood, my aunt says, making a valiant stab at conversation. Why, yes, I answer. Just this morning I was in the Starbucks down the street, working. They let you work there, she asks. Her tone is incredulous. Why wouldn't they, I ask, slightly confused. Isn't that what people do at Starbucks? I know, she says. I just didn't know that you worked there. Well, yeah, I say. I mean, once in a while. I had no idea, my mother chimes in. It's only after my father asks if they've taught me the secret to getting the caffeine out of the coffee beans to make decaf that it dawns on me. My family thinks I work at Starbucks, not writing on a laptop as a paying customer, but serving coffee as a barista. I can't decide whether I'm more insulted that they'd think my career in such disrepair that I'd need to take a weekend coffee shop job, or that they can hardly believe Starbucks would actually hire someone like me to work there. After years of working low-paying jobs, often in the field of telemarketing, I always feel like I was seen as the screw-up of the family. And being seen that way was something I became good at. In my 20s, when my mother's friends asked me what it was I did for a living, I was always happy to elaborate on my telephone sales job, as well as my spoken word band. But my mother would aggressively change the subject before I could get a word out. Afterwards, she'd pull me aside and tell me I didn't have to answer their nosy inquiries. 
If asked why she was so preemptive, she never say she was ashamed, just protective. And so growing up, I couldn't help hoping that one day I'd prove myself to my family, make them see what I was really capable of. But such things, things in the realm of making your family change the way they see you, are of course impossible. I am still seen, and will likely always be seen, as weird little Johnny, a weirdo capable of weirdly deciding to start moonlighting at a coffee shop. Reciprocally, I can't change the way I see my family. I'll always hold them as the ones in the wrong during any restaurant altercation, no matter the circumstances. And in spite of the sympathetic smiles I direct at the waitress, she will not change the way she sees me as a member of the family with whom I sat down. Finally, our dessert arrives, and with it, the bill. My mother studies it with the intensity of a crime scene detective, while my father carefully wraps coffee cake in napkins that may or may not have already been used. You'll take these to work tomorrow, he says, and I nod my head in agreement, with no idea whatsoever as to which work he might be referring to. We start out in life not wanting to be conspicuous, and so we try to conceal our weirdness. But then one day, if we're lucky, we start to see that there is virtue in weirdness, in being special, in not playing by the rules we begin to see that blazing our own path makes us stronger and that we should therefore stick to what we do best, being ourselves. And should we forget this, we are lucky too if we have friends to remind us. Surprise, Johnny. Gregor? I got a big present for you. What? What, 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 what is that? You like it? I don't even know what it is. Well, you're welcome. It, it looks like some kind of metal with blobs of paint. It's a coat of arms. It looks like a trash can lid. It's a shield. What am I, like an errant knight? I don't, I don't need a coat of arms. A lot of people, when they get to a certain level of career success, mm-hmm. the mansion, the yacht, what else is there to get? I don't have a mansion or a yacht. So I thought for your, what is it, your 49th birthday? I'm 43. I was going to make you a family crest. So I did a little research on you, and mm-hmm. I, wanted, I wanted something of lasting value that could go over your, your fireplace that would tell the story of your whole life, not just for you, but for generations to come so they could uh, on, look at it. On a trash can lid. It's not a trash can lid. It's a family coat of arms. If you look back all the way through the lineage of kings, yes. they all had family coats of arms. Okay, all right, so let's take a look at this thing. Because it's a wonderful pictorial representation of all your accomplishments. You see that on the left? It looks like a Yeti or something. It's not a Yeti. It's a, it's a poodle, a toy poodle, in fact. Mm-hmm. The one creature on this earth that can put up with everything Goldstein. Boosh, I, the toy poodle. All right, well, that, that, that's very nice homage to, to, you, to me and my dog. There's subtlety to it. Do you see the green crest next to Boosh? It looks like a blob of paint. Is that what you think they said to, to Michelangelo when the Pope walked in and said, nice ceiling, would you get blobs of paint all over it for? You laid on your back and smeared it. and ruined a perfectly good trash can lid. I couldn't you're in, use that. You're admitting that it's a trash can it's lid. It's not a trash can lid. You I'm, just said it is. I was speaking in your voice. All right, I'm sorry. I'm going to... So what is that green thing? Poo bags that you use to pick up after your dog when you walk and obey city ordinances. Why would you put a, a, a poop bag... On, on my coat of arms. It tells the story of your relationship with Boosh that every okay, morning... Okay, so about one quarter of my family's shield is given over to my toy poodle and, and, and its pickup bags. 
Yeah. All right. And what is what is this right beside it? That? Well, that's Latin. Slanketum unum. I know you like to go home and unwind and stare at your TV screen with a slanket on. I don't wear a slanket. Or whatever. You wear a robe you stole from a hotel. And what's underneath that? A sink full of dirty dishes. Again, you think that that is so key. You need to own who you are, my friend. Not be like, hey, I'm a fancy guy who smells good. Okay, what's that thing on the right of it? That's your fanny pack. I don't own a fanny pack. Oh, come on, Johnny. What's that lump under your shirt? Stop touch. Get off of me. I guess I thought... No, sorry about that. All right. Okay, and under, and under that? That's an extension cord. Why do I have an extension cord? Because your cord's not long enough to reach to the wall, so you need an extension cord, obviously. You know, I, I also use a toilet plunger sometimes. I mean, it's not like I'm going to put that on my coat of arms. What do you think this filigree pattern is inside? Look closely at it. You see what those are made of? Toilet plungers. Crisscrossed. Gregor, okay, you know what? I refuse to accept this. I, I'm going I'm to have to, to say it. no. You're going to learn this practical use for this thing. I don't want it. You know why you don't want it? I don't want it because it's going to give me tetanus. No, you don't want it because right now no one is shooting staples at you and you don't have to defend yourself. Put down my staple gun, please. Defend yourself. Don't stop. Will you stop it? You see? Breaker, cut it out. Now you're happy that you have a shield. Look at these staples headed for your forehead. Please get out of here. They'd be stabbing your forehead right now if not for the Goldstein shield. Please, You're like a knight of old cowering in the corner with your whole body, except for that ankle, protected by that shield. I'm good at dodging bullets. I am good at fixing everyone else's problems but my own. I'm good at enthusiastically asking, who's with me, when I know no one is. I am good at flirting with cashiers. I am good at finding your long-lost bobby pins. I'm good at deluding myself that breakup songs will never apply to us. I'm good at getting a sunburn. I'm good at getting better. I am Adam Todd Brown, and I'm good at being fat. Is, is that something that you've always been good at? Were, were you overweight as a kid? Yeah, I've been overweight probably since around the second or third grade. Um, I don't know if I was always that good at it, but I eventually figured it out. Yeah, what does it mean to be good at it, good at being fat? Well, it's, I guess I should say, I mean, I definitely don't encourage people to be overweight, but it, it's, it's more about understanding that what some people might view as a negative is something you can actually turn around and use to your advantage. And you've actually written an essay on the subject for Crack.com about the benefits of growing up overweight. So what are some of the benefits? Nobody looks at my Facebook pictures and marvels at how much weight I've gained. Hmm. I've never really had that problem because I was huge in high school, and I'm about the same size now. Okay, what else? It deflected attention from bigger problems. L- like like what? There's a lot of things that kids are going to tease you about. But when you're fat or overweight, that's what people focus on. Mm-hmm. So if they're going to make a joke about you, they're going to say you're fat because that's the easy joke, and then they'll move on. So if you have any other issues going on in your life, people uh, kind of ignore them. I, I once went a whole semester wearing nothing but sweatsuits, and I don't know if they assumed it was all I could fit into, but nobody really laughed about that. Mm-hmm. So it was um, it was like a shield almost. It kind of deflected 
people's attention away from the other issues. That could come in handy. Any other benefits? Uh, being fat meant I had to learn how to talk to women. It, it's kind of empowering when you when you learn that you know women aren't really <laughs> women aren't as shallow as men are. Hmm. You can uh, usually talk away any physical shortcoming you may have. There was a quote that for some reason I remember hearing in grade school, although mm-hmm. I don't I don't know what kind of grade school curriculum would have called for a quote like this. But it was a quote that's normally attributed to Voltaire and it's uh give me ten minutes to walk to talk away my ugly face and I'll bed the Queen of France. Which um when I was a kid that, that said a lot to me and from there I kind of forced myself to learn how to approach not just approach women, but approach people and huh. talk to people and try to make friends. Do you, do you, do you think that um, that growing up overweight made you, in, in in the long run, a better man? Um, I don't know if it made me a better man. I I think it just definitely made me more empathetic. I'm empathetic almost to a fault. I had uh, my mother got remarried after my father died and she married this total jackass and they got divorced and at one point i heard this story about how he came back all showered up and cleaned up and you know trying to woo my mom back and this man was so awful but i couldn't help but feel sorry for him it was because i i know what the rejection feels like i guess Hmm. and i i could almost feel it for him and even though i didn't like him that much i like uh people feeling bad even less and i think that probably is on account of growing up overweight On Wiretap today, you heard a short radio play inspired by youaregoodatthings.tumblr.com and written by Crystal Duhame with Mira Bertwintonic. It was performed by Daniel Byrne and Lorna Wright. Sarah Buck played the part of the waitress. Special thanks to Andy Selzberg. For more, check out his latest book, You Are Good at Things, a checklist. You also heard Gregor Ehrlich and kids Liam, Daniel, Bella, Maya, Britton, and Nell and Adam Todd Brown. Adam is a columnist and editor at Cracked.com. Wiretap is produced by Mira Bertwintonic, Crystal Duhame, and me, Jonathan Goldstein. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.